this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. This is Meet the Movie Press. It is August the 9th, 2019. On the show today, Disney reboot Home Alone. Ah! Snipes is coming to America. How do you solve a problem like Annapurna? The week's box office, plus reviews of The Kitchen, scary stories, and more. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talks, meet the movie press. This is Meet the Movie Press. It is August the 9th, 2019. Hello, thank you for joining us. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here. This would be completely futile, so thank you for joining in. Uh, if you'd like to take part in the chat, you can. If you're watching us live on YouTube, uh, go in there, have a chat already in there this morning. Uh, Chad Schultz, uh, Goldman Vision, good morning to you. Uh, Dr. Pecker uh, and uh, Kame Egan and BlackRock3160 already in there. Uh, you guys are the reason we do this show, so having you in the chat and contributing is really important to us. On the show today, my panel... Scott Menzel and Joe. Joe! Well, Joe, who are you? If people don't know, I was going to introduce you. People don't know who you are. Who are you? Where can we find you? Uh, Joe Duckenmeyer, ScreenRant.com, and also that hashtag show. Uh, we're covering a lot of movies. I was going to say, it's you guys busy. are super busy right now. Yeah, I just got back from Miami for uh, Marlon Wayne's. I'm really film. sorry about that. Yeah, we talked about we that. We talked about bit. that. If you like the Nutty <laughs> Professor, then hey. Well, I mean, that was great 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and Scott Menzel is back on the show. Scott, who are you? Where can we find you, please? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M and also at WeLiveEntertainment.com. And my name is Simon Thompson. You can find me at ShowbizSimon on Instagram, Twitter, and my Facebook page is This Is Simon Thompson. Everybody, thank you for joining on the show. Uh, it's silly season, so it's not exactly the busiest period of movie news right now. Bit of a quiet week, but a couple of really interesting things to talk about. Uh, let's first of all talk about uh, Disney announcing that they're going to reboot Fox's Home Alone Night at the Museum and more for Disney Plus. Uh, a lot of people got very upset about this this week. Uh, I actually wrote a piece for for Forbes uh, when the deal, the Disney Fox deal, was kind of happening about various properties that Fox have that I think Disney would look at as things that they could either reboot or revisit. Uh, also, this week we saw that uh, that Disney is looking at uh, doing something else with the Apes franchise that was there uh, quite recently, uh, which kind of the last one wasn't appreciated. But they're going deep into the archives, Home Alone first of all um okay joe let's go to you first of all on this your thoughts on home alone <laughs> I'm, I'm being rebooted you know what i'm all about a, a home alone reboot uh i don't have a problem with it I, the the originals were great mm. well there the was first a, two there was a home alone three right and, and, my, a, four. and, a, and a five and a, i think is there is yeah a five too? there was a load of them that went straight to, to dvd how can people be mad about a reboot when we got home alone three through five yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like it's it's not that big of a deal but um i'm excited for what disney plus is going to be bringing to the table because I think it's going to be a legitimate game changer. Yeah. I Scott, your thoughts on this? Were you did you have a particular attachment to Home Alone? Um because I mean, sometimes of course. we do. I mean we all we all grew up with those movies. I mean you posted something about John Hughes this week on yeah. Twitter and you know that that was my legend growing up, you know. Um yeah, I grew up watching John Hughes movies, so when you talk about redoing something that he's done it's a little sensitive, but at the same time, it's Disney at this point, and they are unstoppable, and they're going to remake everything. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, I just have to shut the hell up because they're going to do it. Well, what, whatever we think or whatever we say is not going to stop the behemoth that no. is uh, the Mouse House. I am upset though okay. that they're trying to act like because we had Stuber and Dark Phoenix, like we have yeah. to scrap everything. Like yeah. that is complete <coughs> bullshit. Like. How many studios have one or two flops a year, yeah. but still, you know, could come out of the gate strong? And with Avengers, Captain Marvel, and then God, Star Wars at the end of the year. Well, also, we're like, not we're not even talking about uh, what what else is Frozen is still coming yeah, out. Yeah, Frozen, Lion, you know, like the Lion King making so much money. Aladdin made, Aladdin made more than they projected. Like, come on, guys! Like, yeah. oh, we lost two hundred. Like. 
That's nothing in your wheelhouse. That's a tax write-off, yeah, essentially. Yeah. We're actually yeah. going to talk more about that in just a second. But with the reboot thing, I mean, some people were quite surprised that they were doing it. I am not at all surprised, no. because the whole idea of the deal of, of Disney buying Fox was the the assets, what they have as a studio, the properties, and obviously bringing things together, like some of the Marvel movies that they had. Um, a Night at the Museum is another one that they wanted to, that they're planning to remake on, on sort of on the Disney Plus service. I mean, a lot of people... didn't get particularly emotional about that. And again, I spoke to Sean Levy about this probably about 18 months ago now, around the time of the second season of Stranger Things. Again, you can go back and read this interview on Forbes. A Night at the Museum, even then, before the Disney merger, they were talking about reinventing that in, Mm. in some way. Is this reinvention of these classic sort of movies kind of just literally inevitable? Something we get asked a lot all the time is, you know, when is it going to be a chance to reboot Harry Potter? I'm like, I don't know, but we don't need it. Did you say classic and uh, Night at the Museum in the same sense? I wasn't necessarily oh, referring right, to Night at the Museum. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, but Home Alone certainly, I think, is considered yes, yeah. a classic, yeah. I mean, Planet of the Apes, it kind of makes sense. I almost want to see continuation, though, because yeah. that, that that the franchise as, as it is now is pretty good. It's um, great. But, yeah, some of these other things, like, I, I agree with you, when are we, Harry Potter will eventually get rebooted. Yeah, eventually, so you know what I mean? Like, it's it's bound to happen. Yeah. So what other properties are they looking at? Die Hard, maybe, to, to be a reboot? Well, Die Hard is another one that is in the Fox, um, it is in the Fox locker that they can do something with. I mean, I know there was plans for a fifth Die Hard movie, sixth Die Hard movie. Yes. Um, and so, you know, that still could happen. That's been quiet for, for a while. I think we're going to call it Die Hard Year One or something. Um, um, but another one that they've got in the locker is Cocoon, which I I love that I just recently bought them on eBay on DVD because they 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 kind of you know they they got taken off release. Um, Cocoon and yeah, Cocoon: The Return is kind of fine, but Cocoon is a great movie, a really great movie, and I'm amazed that Fox hadn't even revisited that for a TV show or a remake even before the Disney merger. Do you think that could kind of be? You know, one of the things they could tap into, and with that, do you think that would go theatrical rather than Disney Plus? I think that's a Disney Plus series, right? Though, yeah, because I feel like there's there's different. Uh, you know what I've noticed too is is a trend that sci-fi works better in streaming platforms than it does in in film. Yeah, I mean, something I I personally loved Blade Runner, uh, but nobody went to go see it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So a lot, I don't know if sci-fi necessarily works on the big screen anymore. At least I don't know if an audience consumes it the same way. I think you're right. Like, one thing that I've noticed, this is going to off topic a little bit, but like Lost, yeah. right? I've noticed that people that binged Lost enjoyed it more than people that watched it week to week. So I don't know if this is a, like a sci- just a sci-fi thing now. Yeah. I mean, I think it is. And I think TV and even streaming platforms are kind of made more for that. Um, I still find it weird when I, recently with, and this is not related to Disney, but uh, kind of is because it's Hulu. Um, the Act was on. Yes. And that was released on streaming on Hulu weekly. And I found that really frustrating because yes, I couldn't just go and watch like the whole thing or watch like half a season, right. you know, one night and then half a season the next night. I didn't have that option. It was really weird for streaming to do that weekly thing. I think you're right, though. Planet of the Apes, I think, would really, if they did want to, it would be a shame if they didn't continue right. what they were doing because uh, there is there is room in there. But I think that would lend itself more to a series. They couldn't take a Home Alone kind of property and do that as a series because what is it? Every single week, burglars yeah. break into another person's <laughs> house and there's another a kid with another booby trap and it's like somehow local news stations across the country wouldn't pick up on the fact there's this this pattern across the United States of, uh, of break-ins and, uh, and japes. Um, I mean, I think Night at the Museum could work. They're doing it as a movie but it could work as a show. It could work as a show. I also think that Night at the Museum is way too soon. Yes. Because, I mean, as much as people feel very indifferent towards yeah. the, that franchise. I, I'm one of the rare people who actually enjoy it. Mm. Um, you know, with Robin Williams being attached to that and being so soon after his passing, I think that one needs to be put in the back burner for a while. Yeah. Um, Cheaper by the Dozen is also very odd for me. Because, I, that was a very <laughs> strange choice. Because, like, you know, Steve Martin did the first two. The the second one didn't perform as strong as the first one. Yeah. And then, like, we have so many of those family-themed shows now. Just going to ABC, for example, like, now they have Mixed-ish. You know, they have Grown-ish and all this stuff. And Fresh Off the Boat. Like, they kind of have that already covered. Yeah. That it's weird that they would want to redo those. What's your thoughts on that, Joe? 
I agree. Um, cheaper by the dozen, man. I almost <laughs> forgot that Steve Martin, it was like Steve Martin, Tom yeah. Welling, yeah. Hillary Duff. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't see a need for that, personally. Yeah. You're right. Like, you're 100% right. Something like Modern Family is yeah. just about to end. Right. Blackish is on. You have so many of these uh, family-based situational comedies that I don't know if adding another one's going to benefit at all. Or it would have to be it. really different. Really different. Really different. But it can be. Because Cheaper by a Dozen is already a remake of an older movie, yeah. which is just the very, I don't know, like just a classic type story. Like it's very yeah. basic. It, you know, there's nothing really that special. And, and, and on all the ABC shows, they already have all these great shows that are tackling all the different communities and things of that nature. Do you know what I would love to see them do as, as, a, as, a, as a series? There were two movies that came out. One was sort of better received than the other. There is The Hard Way. Which was a movie with uh, Michael J. Fox and uh, James Woods. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that developed as a series. Um, but also, um, I love Trouble, which was a movie with oh, Julia yeah. Roberts and Nick Nolte, which really didn't do very well. But I would love to see that as a moonlighting esque style show. I would really yeah. like to see that. Well, they're starting. I mean, isn't Hulu now that they have uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral? The series now. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, they're definitely moving into that. And some, of, you're right. Some of these, uh, these old film properties work better as TV shows now. And I yeah. think that. I mean, who's, who's to say? Maybe we get an Aliens TV show? Is that Just the, yeah, well, that's another of the properties that they bought because of this. I mean, the article goes through a, a slew of things, and Apes is on there, and, you know, Aliens. But also Avatar. I mean, I would rather see an Avatar series than two or three more movies. That, I feel yeah. like that production value per episode has to be pretty high, though. Because yeah. it, it, it just has to. And I'm Have not sure. Have you seen some of the budgets on the Netflix <laughs> That's shows? That's a great point. Yeah, great point. Huge. The Crown is like $150 million per episode or something ridiculous yeah, like that. I, I don't know. I don't know. If <laughs> but I could... it doesn't have to be Navi-based. It can no, be... That's true. You know, yeah. like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It can yeah. be adjacent. But I mean, I also think the experience of Avatar was really that mm-hmm. 3D experience. And it's going to be really hard to reduplicate that at home. I'm seriously not a fan of Avatar, I'll be honest with oh, you. Oh, neither am I. Believe I waited me. to see the extended version 3D re-release yeah. bells and whistles. And I was like, I have no idea what the fuss was about. It looks great, but I'm like, that left me absolutely cold. Uh, let's move on to something you, you mentioned, uh, you, Scott, you brought this up. Uh, Disney pulling back on Fox film development uh, after studio acquisitions disappointed in the third quarter. I think, I mean, j- just weren't great movies. You know, Stuba was not a great movie. And whose fault was that? They saw that, they had that at South by Southwest. Yeah. They could have pulled that shit off the, <clears throat> off the, you know, the lineup right away. Yeah. And what did they do? They spent all this money on marketing that. You know how much marketing dollars were spent? I think I read about that movie. It was like one of the biggest marketing pushes that they had this year. <laughs> and it's like, and I, I mean, you could not avoid that movie. Bad for money like after the, bad money, man. Yeah. So you watch that movie at South by Southwest. You see that it had like a lukewarm reaction. Yeah. If you're getting a lukewarm reaction at a festival... Pull that shit. Yep. I'm sorry. Like that's just the way to do it. No, absolutely. Uh, and Dark Phoenix. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. That was that had problems from the get go. Back when <laughs> back before this merger thing was was a thing. So I don't I, I don't know why they just and this is what I don't know what they're gonna do with New Mutants. Mm-hmm. Because that, I swear to God, I mean, I know they've kept moving it around the schedule. <laughs> I would put money on that just getting pulled off the schedule and just going straight to Disney Plus. Yeah, I, I think that's seriously just well. stop trying to make New Mutants happen. Nobody cares, and Dark Phoenix totally pissed in the pool. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just put it on Disney Plus. Make it an event movie. Don't expect people to pay seventeen fucking dollars <laughs> to go and see it because you that's burnt. It's burnt. Just don't. Stuber, they should. You know what, Stuber, they what they should have done is they should have gave it to Netflix. Yeah, and really, yeah, because that would have done well on Netflix. There's another movie actually out this week that I think should have just been dumped to Netflix. The Kitchen. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, oh, man, yeah, yeah, dude, that, seriously. Yeah. Uh, there are a number of movies this year that I've been so disappointed by. We'll get to that later in the show. But The Kitchen, man. Seriously. Um, fuck. No comment. Anyway, but yeah, so I I think, you know, it's no real surprise that they're pulling back on some of the development stuff. We kind of saw a a rumbling of this quite recently. And obviously, you know, there's the whole uh, change with now um, Kevin Feige and and others overseeing some of the properties that were, uh, you know, Fox Marvel movies coming in and giving and that that fold. I mean, I think that might be a wise choice, to be honest with you. I think that's fine. Still, people are saying we won't see an R-rated, you know, a, a, a Marvel movie. I'm pretty sure we're going to see an R-rated Marvel movie. We've seen it, obviously, previously with, 
uh, with uh, with Deadpool. But I think, and someone made this point, I can't remember who it was online the other day, about the fact that, uh, you know, you can do two edits. You can do the R-rated, and then you can do the Once Upon a Deadpool-style edit. David Leach? Yeah, which yeah. is, like, 13. And I'm like, great, do that. But, I, you know, what we discussed on the show previously, a lot of parents would just take their kids and see Deadpool anyway. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think it really matters. But, yeah, um... But yeah, so I, I think it'll be really interesting on seeing what they're what they're cutting and what they're going to keep. I can't see any real logic. A lot of it is knee jerky to me right now, and they're making some really odd choices with what they are pursuing and what they aren't. Um, I mean, Joe, do you think this is going to settle down, or do you think this is you know the the is this like a just a little ripple in the water, or is this something that we're going to see really expanding and becoming more of a tsunami? I think that the first thing, their first line of business, especially with Disney Plus, is they already have a plan. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty obvious. They're they're banking on a lot of their live action Disney, like Lady and the Tramp. We just got more casting news about that. Sam yeah. Elliott's joining. Um, we also have we already know that the Mandalorian, which I'm really excited for, yeah. is going to be a thing. And all of these now, the way they announced like five Marvel t- streaming things. So yeah. that's a ton. I think that they have a plan with the things that they already have. It's really about the integration of what they're going to do going forward. Now, I can't, I can't imagine them, sh- them shelving something like Aliens. It just, I just can't no. see it happening. I see them taking it away from Ridley Scott. I, I agree with that. And I think, stop doing the prequel stuff and just doing another Aliens movie. I think that that that's a great idea, uh, and I think that that's probably in the pipeline. Um, some of these other things, it sounds like. It literally sounds like there's a dartboard and they're just throwing it. Yeah, it does to right? see what what sticks. Yeah, because uh, it's very bizarre. Like cheaper by the dozen, I'm still like reeling <laughs> with. I mean, somebody must have a good idea for that. That they've gone in and got this is a great. Yeah, this is how we continue this, or this is how we change that. But, I mean, you know, the the big thing is for this award season coming up. Yeah, you know, since they do uh, own Fox Searchlight and they also own you know Fox now. Yeah, you know, I, I, Ad Astra, I don't think is going to do very well. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari is going to do well for awards, but it's not going to be a box office gold gold mine. Yeah. Um, you know, ready or not, which I think we're not allowed to talk about it, but we've seen. Yeah. Um, you know, that's going to go nowhere. And um, their big one is really Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Jojo Rabbit might be the one that's going to make the most surprisingly out of everything. I, I'm going to be very interested to see how the public react to that because I can't. I I'm, I still think that that is a movie that's made for people like us. Yeah. And not for the general it, it just audience. Depends it's Taika, how, yeah, that's Taika. It's like they could bank on his name. This is the guy who's doing Thor. Yeah. Do it. Go Ta- see it. Taika yeah. is a legit game changer, yeah. especially with the Thor franchise. Yeah. That how, yeah. how he really brought new energy to that. I'm excited. I'll I, I will watch Taika direct like the Puppy Bowl if, <laughs> if, if, if they made it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, some thoughts from people in the chat on this, and then we're going to move on actually because that was uh, that's there was a lot to discuss there. Um, okay, meet the movie players. Did you hear about John Carlo Esposito and possibly playing Magneto? For the new X-Men reboot. We did. I think that's a great idea, guys. Mm-hmm. On board with that one. Uh, Dr. Pecker, Home Alone was John Hughes's most financially successful movie. Home Alone 1 and 2 were huge box office hits. They were. Uh, Cam Egan, Disney is a monster conglomerate and it will never hurt for profit. No, absolutely. But, but you know, they'll make up the money they lose in other ways. <laughs> so expect your theme park tickets to go up again. Uh, Janet James uh, in there. Disney are the Patriots bar a football team in the movie industry. Yeah. Dr. Pecker, Night at the Museum aren't untouchable classics like, let's say, Back to the Future. Thank fuck they haven't got access to Back to the Future. Yes. Uh, Jenna James rather see TV series out of some of those properties rather than films, to be honest. I think a lot of people agree. Uh, Chad Schultz, Die Hard, still the best Christmas movie. I know. I know. I agree <laughs> with you. Uh, Simon, don't forget Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon yeah. is actually featured in this uh, this piece that I wrote for Forbes two years ago. Zeno Hour, hello Zeno Hour. Uh, Dr. Pecker, I don't mind if they reboot the Alien franchise, even though I'm a big Ridley Scott fan. He's kind of lost his way in the Alien world a bit. I agree. I mean, I don't dislike the prequels as much as some people, but I think, you know, it, it really just take it in a different direction. Uh, I binge lost four times, Ryan. Uh, Ryan, hey, welcome to the chat this morning. Uh, Samuel Nerd, so how can they remake Home Alone for today where it will take a phone call to take care of <laughs> Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? That's absolutely true. It will be interesting to see what they do, whether they keep it simple, but I I don't know. Uh, Mariko True. Uh, true, I binged the boys on Amazon Prime. Um, Chad Schultz. Uh, I would rather them uh, have a National Treasure series instead of Night of the Museum. Nick Cage is constantly trying to make National Treasure happen. Um, there are a lot of people who really love those movies. I think a National Treasure series would be incredible. I agree. But would they stick it on Disney Plus or would they want to stick that on network? I think they could potentially stick that on network. 
See, I think it's a great draw with Disney Plus. You yeah. get Nick Cage back to do it. Yeah, I think I think that that that's actually. Whoever wrote that comment about... Can he fit about... into his schedule, though? Uh, I mean, dude, yeah. that guy is working, like, every single day. There's hardly a day that goes by without Nick Cage is playing a... a, a, a is anything. Some sort of cop. Anything. Anything at some all. Sort of some cop. sort of cop. Yeah. Some sort of person trapped in a <laughs> thing doing a, th- doing yeah. a stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, Anthony Manzano. Uh, Joe, don't forget about the Lethal Weapon movie franchise. They would be cool to reboot for this generation. Uh, I watched a show. That was okay. Uh, they cancelled after three seasons. I was upset about it. Yeah, I mean, the show, the TV show was very popular, yeah. um, but I really think, you know, a Lethal Weapon movie would be great. Reboot it as that as that series. Yeah. But what I don't want to see is them kind of to make it too comedy like a 21 Jump Street mm-hmm. with like a, you know, funny cop, straight cop kind of thing. I would rather have them go action cop with a little bit of humor in there, you know, that that that, that Mel Gibson brought. I mean, I feel like we already did get the Lethal Weapon reboot with Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. That's very, very true. Uh, imagine James Wan doing Aliens or Predator reboot. Zeno Hour. Yeah, I don't think oh we're going to get another Predator movie anytime soon. Okay, guys, let's move on from that. Thank you to everybody in the chat and in the studio for that. Some really good discussion. Wesley Snipes, alive and well, and joining Eddie Murphy uh, in Coming to America. Also, James Earl Jones is coming back for that. A lot of people are very happy about this. Um, Wesley Snipes hasn't been on the big screen for a long time. Do you know what his last movie was? His last movie? Oh, shit. Was it Tuong Fu? Was it that long ago? Was it really that long ago? Do you know? No, no, no. He had some direct-to-video movies. Oh, yeah, he's been working direct-to-video for a long Long time. time. But I don't know what his last big screen... But it wasn't wasn't Tuong Fu. It might actually be the last Blade Blade movie. Was it Blade? Blade Blade 3, yeah. Yeah. Blade Trinity. It definitely was Yeah, Yeah, probably Blade Trinity. It was like 90s. Yeah. Coming to America, though. Uh, let <laughs> Guys, me just say, I don't know if we need this movie. No, I, I'm going to say, like, I feel that we're getting a lot of these. It's so funny. We're this this year and last year. We've been getting a lot of these um, second parts or sequels to yeah. films that came out 20 to 30 years yeah. ago. Yeah. And like again, Blade Runner. I'm not sure <laughs> if it's if it's going to work. I'm not sure if it makes any sense to do that. Uh, I can be honest with you, I'm not super excited about coming to America 3. I mean, I think that it's 20 years too late. Yeah. I just I just don't... I think people like the idea of these movies, and we saw it with Zoolander and a number of other movies a couple of years ago, where these sequels came out, and I think everybody likes the idea of wouldn't it be good if we had more of the same. Anchorman's another really good example oh, yeah. as well. Where it's like, Super Troopers 2? Super, Super Troopers, Troopers 2. Yeah. 2. It's like, people like the idea, but whether they would actually put their ass in a seat and pay $17 to see it. They, I honestly don't think the reality is there. They like the idea on paper. Yeah. It's it's great to talk about what if we got this, but then when you actually get it, it's like, eh, we didn't need that. I also think, you know, Paramount suffers greatly, you know, because... They need you, something. You know, they need something. You know, they have the Mission Impossible franchise, which is their, you know, their version of Fast and Furious, although they don't make as much money as the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. You know, and they just, they're they are really struggling. And, I mean, they, they got lucky with Quiet Place, yeah. and they're going to probably milk that to, to death. I hate to say it, because yeah. they already have this, the second one coming out next mm-hmm. year. You know, and now they're doing Top Gun, hoping that that's going to have the same draw. And then you have Coming to America, which, you know, of course, is a classic. But, like you guys both said, I don't know if I'm on board for this. It just it just doesn't feel necessary. It feels so much like a cash grab. It, I mean, it was it was it's a classic movie, but I think Coming to America came out at exactly the right time right, for that exactly, movie. Right, that's right, exactly right. it. Uh, to change the dynamic of that is going. I mean, it's not saying that they won't because yeah. it, right now we live in an era where they could flip the dynamic and it could work brilliantly. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know. If if I'm confident enough for for Paramount to have cracked the script that well, personally, <laughs> can, can they do what they did with Coming to America today? Because there's a lot of content in that movie, and I don't mean sort of you know um, uh, sort of you know some of the humour, but I'm just thinking that there's a lot of sort of context in that movie that I just think really worked again, as I say, for that time. But when you try and either replicate or change it, you change what worked about that movie as a movie as well. And you then try to shoehorn in contemporary stuff. It's really difficult because I think, like you guys have said, it it was made for the time period. Yeah. And there's so many movies now that we see that, you know, we look back on and we say that's inappropriate. My friend uh, was at TCA this this, this past week Mm. and was talking to Jim Carrey about 
Ace Ventura and how like the stuff Gosh, yeah. the stuff that was in there you can't do now because yeah. everyone would find it offensive. And you know, it's getting to the point now we're so offended by everything that like we're going back like after three years, like there's something in something that we're gonna find and be like, that's offensive. And I don't think it's right. I, I don't think the time is now for this movie. And I, I think it should stay where it was because it was so reminiscent of that time yeah. period. So. See, I, I think this is where Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg got it right with the good boys. Is because they can do this raunchy comedy with kids. Yeah. And it's and it's totally passable because of the way that they did it. I think it just takes a, a little maneuvering to really to really get that to really See, get that going. I right. disagree with that. I think they're what they're doing now with this, and it's funny because someone actually commented on my Good Boys review. I did not like the movie. Okay. I will full disclosure. The thing is, is that there. This is this. We're pushing the envelope for younger and younger audiences to see these really, really raunchy comedies. Yeah, and I think it's. There's become this big question, and I mean, there was a, a, a colleague of ours who went underneath attack for using certain words in a Dora review two weeks ago. And they, they were basically saying that with the way that the industry is going, with using kids as almost like these these money-making machines yeah. and like pushing them, that it's just making it worse. And I can kind of see that. I can see that, but I think that the movie still works for me. I know that you probably yeah. agree. It still worked for me, and, and I thought it was smart enough to kind of... Um, Take this raunchy comedy in a different direction. However, yeah. I do agree with your point that you can't use that 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 pony a lot, though. Let's yeah. also look at the fact that Wesley Snipes, James Earl Jones, Eddie Murphy, not box office draws. No, you have the heritage because of the original movie. But when was the last time any of those people? Okay, James Earl Jones, yes, is back in The Lion King. Eddie Murphy is Shrek is the only thing. <laughs> Eddie that... Murphy is Shrek is the only or time in that Shrek, he's really... no, donkey, yeah. but yeah. Um, and it's it's going to have to coast on heritage, but it's also going to have to be a damn good movie to 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 really make a mark and not not have egg on its face. I mean, you're right. Getting people to the box, uh, getting people to the theater to see that is going to be the biggest task. Yeah, um, and that's going to have to do with the marketing as well. And yeah, all that's going to have to be on point. You know, I'm surprised they haven't rebooted uh, a Police Academy. Oh yeah, dude, they're fucking trying. So I mean, Steve Gutenberg, seriously, that and Three Men and a Baby, he's reboot. I mean, I believe they are still working on it. Are they? Warner Brothers, I believe, are still working on that movie. Um, yeah, it keeps coming up in sort of you know because they hired guys to write and then they recast and all that, and they had people lined up fundamentally. I know it got to almost a casting position where they were due to announce like who was going to be involved in it. I, I think it just kind of shelved and on the back burner. But again, Police Academy, a movie that I love, you couldn't do a lot of stuff. No, no, no you'd have to, you know, know yeah, a lot of the. Yeah, stuff, a lot of the sex stuff, a lot of the sexuality stuff, uh, just general a lot of the PC stuff, you just couldn't you couldn't do well, now. Especially the reputation that cops have in the United oh, States currently. Yeah. 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 It would be a different movie. <laughs> it would be very different. Jeff in the booth real quick. Yeah, sure. Uh, the only other crazy thing about this uh, sequel to Coming to America is the premise of the first one's a fish out of water story. Yeah. So narratively, I don't know what they're going to do here. I would have preferred a reboot with, you know a younger actor rather than bringing these characters back to tell a story that I don't think can work based on what we saw in the first film. I believe that has actually been considered. That was one of the ideas that they were originally throwing around because they didn't know if they could get Eddie Murphy to come back and do it or if they wanted Eddie Murphy to come back and do it. So I think that was actually an idea that was entertained by Paramount. But again then a lot of people who were like, they like the original Coming to America, they went to Coming to America because Eddie Murphy was the biggest person. Like He was the biggest star on the planet right, when right. that movie was made. Everybody knew him. And I think, you know, you'd need someone again who had that. Otherwise, it would just feel like a straight-to-DVD ripoff. But I agree that that would have been... A, I would have preferred to have seen that. A lot of people have thoughts on this. Um, okay, let's talk about it. Uh, Joe, would it be cool for them to remake the movie Serpico? Uh, interesting choice. <laughs> uh, maybe Coming to America can work in some satire using current attitudes and ice. This is from Marika True. Yeah, absolutely. But again, you then you don't want to be seen to be making light of that kind of thing. Sure, you have sure. to handle that correctly. Otherwise, it seems really flippant. Um, Jenna James, Paramount has Rugrats, Rango, Over the Hedge, uh, Spongebob. There is work on Spongebob. Yes. Um, 
Wild Thornberries, uh, Rise of the Guardians. We won't be seeing another of those. No. Nope. Charlotte's Web, Barnyard, nope. Flushed, The Adventures of Tintin, Madagascar. Well, I mean, the Tintin sequel's been in the works for God knows how long now. Uh, Madagascar, Flushed Away. And, uh, and uh, yeah, they do have all of these things, but a lot of those properties are not properties that anybody really gives a shit about. Right. You know, I mean, I, I, I like things like Over the Hedge, but it really didn't do phenomenally well. They're not going to go back to that well. Uh, going up, this is like the Carrie movies, as far as I can know. The first <laughs> one came out in 1976, and then they made the sequel in 1999. Jenna James, Cool World. I would love oh, to I see it. That is a great, great choice there, Jenna James. Uh, cool World was my jam in the 90s, Jenna James. That was from uh, King Sport Cal. There are a couple of movies that came out in the 90s that really were ahead of their time and didn't do well. I'm always talking about um, uh, Last Action Hero. Um, and also Cool World is another one. Last you know? Action Hero is great. I do. Seriously, if that was made today, that would be fucking huge. Uh, Eddie Murphy is going back to stand-up. He is. and I, But again, Eddie Murphy said that a lot of the stuff that he would do in stand-up that he did in the 80s, he cannot do now. You know, I'm surprised, surprised Blumhouse hasn't remade They Live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like John Cena of The Rock playing that Roddy Piper role. Dude, I've, and I've spoken, I've spoken to uh, to Jason about that. Jason Blumhouse, <laughs> I've actually spoken to Jason about that and a couple of other properties that I've dis- discussed with Jason. Some of which I know he's actually doing, um, which would be very interesting. So don't discount that. I would, lo- I would right love now. they live. Yeah, uh, uh, Anthony. Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll, the Serpico remake's kind of off topic, uh, Anthony, but we will. We, we've obviously mentioned that on the show. Anthony wants to know um, uh, Serpico remake uh, about it being a classic, too much of a classic for a remake. No, I mean, they were talking about doing a Serpico remake. There was talk of that a couple of years was ago. Was it really? Yeah. Interesting. So um, so that's not that's not um, uh, sort of a new stuff, really. Uh, Chad Schultz, how about a Cool Runnings remake instead of a Cool World what? remake? No. You know, you can't <laughs> remake that movie. That's <laughs> like, no, we've already done that. You know uh, what? Mighty Ducks, though. Yes, yeah. they could do that. Mighty, Mighty Ducks, Ducks absolutely yeah. could happen. Uh, Jenna James saying Shrek and Bebe's Kids, uh, also Paramount Properties. Yeah, I loved Bebe's Bebe's Kids. Kids. Because when I, seriously, I was obviously growing up white in the UK, had no reference for Bebe's Kids. But seriously, Bebe Kids, I absolutely <laughs> love that movie. I was like the only person that rented that movie from my video oh, store. That's great. How about oh, a house guest remake? Can Bebe's we do that? Kids! <laughs> I loved it. Seriously. Great, great, great. Um, okay, let's move on from this. We've got a couple of things to talk about on the show today. Uh, gr- really great response from everybody today, and thanks to the guys in the studio. Uh, Annapurna Pictures may be exploring the idea of bankruptcy. Uh, Megan Ellison this week apparently has no intention to shut down the company. Megan Ellison might have no intention to <laughs> shut down the company, but I'm thinking perhaps that might not ultimately be her choice. Uh, guys, What? how do you solve a problem like Annapurna? I mean, this almost goes back to what Scott was saying earlier about about uh, like Ford and Ferrari not making that enough money. Whereas yeah. they had last year, they had uh, uh, Vice. You yeah. Know what I mean? So, Beale was, Street, dude. Beale Street. Yeah, Beale them. Street. Oh yeah. my Fuck, God. I they spent, about that. Yeah, they spent all that money on the campaign and it did nothing. Exactly. Made less than Moonlight, which is not a big claim either because Moonlight did not make much money. That's exactly right. And I, and I I mean, look, they don't have tempo movies. It's not a sustainable <laughs> no. thing in this era of yeah. like, filmmaking. It just isn't. I, I think it's really interesting that the topics that they have backed and pushed over the last couple of years, I don't know whether they've tried to follow a woke zeitgeist rather than actually making and pushing movies that are really good. I mean, Beale Street I thought was phenomenal, but you try and sell that to people outside of a more highbrow audience and they're not going to engage with it. Detroit, I think they handled horribly because mm-hmm. I think they sold a movie that was very different to the movie that people yes. paid to see. And I think that it was just, it wasn't the movie that should have been and vice again i think just didn't for me as a movie work it felt very samey to to the director's previous work and it just didn't say enough or it was almost like a history lesson that kind of just it didn't add anything to the table or the mechanics that they used the MacGuffins that they used you'd already seen so it didn't have that impact they, also, feel- they also had um Professor Marsden, which I loved, went which nowhere. Nobody saw Sisters Brother, which I like. I saw that in Toronto, and I was kind of like, "Why are they releasing this? Like, who's yeah. going to watch this movie?" You know, but they put out an award campaign for it. And let me guess, nobody watched the movie. No, no, yeah. literally nobody, nobody 
watch that. No. And I'll be honest with you, people I do know who've come across that movie by accident, whether it's on a plane or whatever, because they didn't see it in theatres, they're always, because of um, of uh, C. Riley being in it, and it having sister in the title and brother, they're like, is it like a follow-up to, or just like a, a stepbrothers type movie? <laughs> and it's really not. I just think their marketing has been all over the place, and I think their decisions on the movies they've been making have just, they've both just been off of centre, and I think it just, they haven't been able to get the cogs of the wheel to fit, to make it turn. I mean, Detroit was handled fucking don't, terribly. Don't even uh, get me started on Destroyer. Oh, oh God, Destroyer. Destroyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another one. What happened with that movie? They, they don't know. <laughs> are they, it's part of the problem that they're trying to be, I mean, people, there are audiences that are really hungry right now for really good storytelling. So people want these stories to be told. They want really good stories. But Anapan don't appear to be picking the stories that the people want to hear or see. But outside of big blockbuster tempo movies, what are we really seeing people react to? Yeah. I mean that's 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 a hard that's a hard line. I mean, I, I know during Oscar season we're seeing more people uh, watching those Oscar films, but throughout the rest of the year I feel like it's week to week some kind of tentpole from a, a studio. Yeah. Um and and I think that's a problem. I think I don't know. I think that, that that they have to just restructure their business model. I think the marketing is 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 handled poorly. Yeah. I think that um, just you were talking about Vice earlier. I mean, you're right. It didn't really add anything. The spectacle was really Christian Bale transforming into Dick Cheney. That that's that was the thing. That was it, though. Yeah. I mean that that's that's all there was to it. Uh, so I'm not destroyer. Like what? What? Yeah. Happened? That was not a great movie. No. I, I mean, I thought Nicole Kidman was great in that movie, but that was not a great movie. And you know the. I will tell you my solution to this is it kind of ties into what Joe was saying is that you have to have product and what you have to have unfortunately in this marketplace is that you have to have something that's bankable and will sell Mm. and then you have to have one or two award quality movies you can't have when you're a small company like they had last year you can't have five or six movies and then do a marketing campaign for five and six movies. They also had Sorry to Bother You, which they completely yeah. ignored yeah. during award season, which was one which was that a, great, a lot that of people was, really liked. That was, yeah. That and was, was different. And yeah. they actually could have marketed that to a community where they don't normally get to market to. Yeah. But they decided, oh, let's put Destroyer instead. So here's, like, here's a question on the marketing and, and the point that you just made kind of together, really, and, and, and my point as well. Do you think they're picking movies that they think are awards movies rather than movies that are the best movies to put out there? It's almost like an actor choosing <laughs> like, a film air about that. That's, that's all about, like, hey, I want to do this for the art. Yeah. But then I also need the money, so I'm going to do like the Avengers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's it's it feels like there needs to be something like that. Well, which is interesting because if you look at something like The Boys, it's on Amazon. Yep. If if they would have just picked up something like that, that mm-hmm. could have been a decent enough temple for for them to sustain. Mm. But I I don't know. It's it's very bizarre to me. I mean, it's also part of it the fact that there are so many of these huge tentpole movies that are taking up so many of the screens. <laughs> Even when they have a good movie, they just can't get it out there Silver enough Shadow, for people to yeah. see it. That it is just overshadowed. And also, I've got to be honest with you, there were several Annapurna movies last year that I was desperate to see and support. And trying to get to see those movies, to be able to do anything editorial on them, was like trying to find a fucking chicken with teeth. It was almost impossible. It's the worst sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand that, too, with some of the studios who they're inviting to what, mainly because they want as much exposure as they can get. So for them to be as limited as they are with certain films does not make sense whatsoever. No. And what bothers me about that is when they do public screenings where they combine press and public, but they will turn down press knowing that they're letting people off the street into something who may have given that movie their own money. It's mind-boggling to me. That is something I'm struggling with. It's it's an increasing trend in the industry right now, and I find find that very, very weird. I I don't have a problem with that as long as they're banking on the film being good and it gets the word of mouth to get more people to see the film. That's all right. But if it's something that they're just kind of testing... That's a bigger issue. Yeah. No, I think it's 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 kind of interesting. I mean, there are a lot of big movies at the moment that are testing. We were talking about this before we came on air. Joker's had some testing screenings. Doctor yes. Sleep had a test screening here uh, in in Great Los Angeles last night. So a couple of these big movies, they are already putting them out there. I'm hearing to, great things about the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think Warner Brothers knows they have something on their hands. With yeah, oh, I yeah. think I oh, think yeah. people always say that you know superhero movies or comic book movies are never really getting the awards you know love that they deserve. I think the Joker is going to be the first one that's really going to come through I this year. I am so damn excited. And just go like yeah. alpha leather with that one. I expect big stuff from that movie this yeah. year. Um, interesting stuff in the chat on this as well. Uh, watch three ten to Yuma, then come to me, bro. Uh, don't don't, <laughs> don't start a fight over Western <laughs> movies. Um, Zeno Hour. Uh, Anna Perna should have focused on low budget horror and comedy with some Oscar-caliber movies until they got a tentpole movie. Zeno Hour, I think that's a really good point, actually. Yes, yes. I think that's exactly what they should have done. Uh, Chad Schultz, uh, what is their largest grossing film? Uh, Sausage Party? I think it is. I it's, think it is, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, but I also really enjoyed that movie. So did I. Uh, Zero Doc 30 was, uh, um, was unbelievable. Uh, Destroyer was great, so was Blindspotting. Blindspotting, another movie. I love Blindspotting. Dude, but nobody oh, yeah, saw nobody that movie, saw that and movie. nobody knew that fucking movie existed. You know, this is the problem. Yeah, and it's even with the junket they combine that with uh what, what was the basket uh the basketball movie the the oh man it was it was terrible is it oh uncle remember. drew uncle drew they combine yeah. the junket with uncle drew so if you did uh uncle drew you also got blind spotting which was like so That's weird so to insulting yeah, yeah. Too, isn't it but Blind Spotting is by far the better film. Like it was crazy to me. Uh, King's Court Cal, the light suddenly went on. Uh, King's Court Pal uh, saying, "Waiting on Collider Live to start." I'm not on there today, but thank you. Uh, Kat, uh, this Annapurna thing will also affect the Annapurna Interactive Division that handles the video games. Uh, that will be bad for both the film industry and the video game industry. To be honest with you, right now, I think the video game industry's biggest threat is uh, is not audiences, but is the administration. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I really wouldn't worry. Too much about the industry side of things. I think there are going to be other things that are seriously going to dent that market uh, in in the next year if we're not really, really careful. Um, okay, a couple of things I want to get through before we we have eighteen minutes left on the show. So I want to want to just touch on some news very quickly before we get a box office and reviews. Uh, Blumhouse Corner, Blumhouse Corner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Happy Death Days, Christopher Landon's going to direct a new horror film for Blumhouse. Um, it's going to be an original movie. There isn't going to be another Happy Death Day movie. Uh, that second one uh, looks like it killed yeah. it stone dead. I don't even think Netflix is going to pick up a third one, uh, which I'm kind of ashamed because I love the first Happy Death Day movie. I love Happy Death Day. Yeah, it's, it's so such a good fun. movie. And the two was like, oh, man, you totally lost yeah. me. <laughs> but the uh, but it's, apparently it's going to be basically about it. It's just like the, the, the description is like there's a killer on the loose, basically. And I'm like, okay, you're either going to do is this, something. Is this really... Home Alone? Are well, it's, that's what like, it is. It's deadly Home Alone. But yeah, it's kind of like that's all they've given out at the moment. But I'm going to have to assume that there is something to it more than that because nobody, and especially Blumhouse, wouldn't go in an elevator pitch if you had like 90 seconds with Jason. You're like, there's a killer on the loose. Jason's like, okay, see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> see you. So there's going to be something very sexy in that. Uh, I mean, I like Christopher Land and I like his work. I think it, it, the second one was was misguided, uh, but I want to see more from him. You guys, I, yeah, big fan. I mean, Happy Death Day. I I love that movie. It's, yeah. it's 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 like a guilty pleasure for me. It's so original. I mean, I don't think there's even anything guilty about it. To be honest yeah. with you, it's just so completely different. And they put it out there at Halloween Horror Nights, uh, you know, as an entity way before the movie had come out. So people went in cold and really enjoyed that movie. Um, I think that actually helped the marketing. Uh, you're a happy Death Day fan. Oh, yeah. Did absolutely. you like the second one? No. No. No, you didn't. Uh, and also, uh, let's all talk about another... Uh, uh, well, it's not a Blumhouse movie, but Jason Blum co-produced it. Yes. Uh, I wrote a piece on this for Forbes this week about the tethering of, uh, of Blum's brand and Halloween Horror Nights, which I just mentioned. Uh, Us is going to get a, mo- a maze at Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando and in uh, in Hollywood this Cash year. Tremendous. <laughs> tremendous. I know I spoke to the guys behind it, uh, John Murdy and his team, um, a couple of years ago about maybe doing a Get Out one, because I thought that would have been really good. Um, but they were kind of like they didn't know how they could actually make that manifest. But I think Us actually works better. Yeah. I would have combined Us and Get Out. I would have done two together. The Jordan make it the Peel. Jordan Peele yeah. double bill. You know, the double sandwich. Do that. And then go to the end, you get the Twilight Zone. Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking that. That would have been pretty cool. Maybe next year. Uh, excited about the Us maze. Do you guys go to Halloween Horror Nights? Uh, yeah, I do. I do. I do. You excited? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think. I think. It, look, the only the only thing that kind of the only thing that I have against these things is there's so many people, and like when they filter you into these mazes, and they're jump scaring the person in front of you, you already know what's coming. Yeah. So it's just 
I'm not. That, uh-huh. The media nights are great. Where oh, it's yeah. just like you going, but yeah, the general public. Uh, I can't get. I'm not super excited for those. It's funny. Every single year, I get invited to uh, to go and do stuff behind the scenes, sort of when they're putting the mazes together. And the maze that I usually get offered is the one that I'm most excited about, and I always pass on that one and go for a different one because when I want to do that big maze that I'm really really psyched about. I really want to make sure that I shit my pants and I don't want any of that stuff spoiled. Like, oh, you know there's going to be a guy here and then we're going to have this happening. I want to experience that stuff fresh. Uh, they're also doing Creep Show for the new uh, Shudder uh, reboot of, of Creep Show. Uh, I'm pretty psyched about that. They're yeah, going to do too. that as like different stories you're going to walk through, uh, which I think will be really cool. Didn't quite work for me last year when they did Trick or Treat. Oh. Um, that didn't kind of work for me enough, but I am curious to see Creep Show. So, what's your favorite maze that you that you're looking forward to? It seems like you're you're into this. Th- this year, yeah, us. I'm very excited about Ghostbusters. I'm very excited about Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I'm oh, that's very awesome. excited yeah, about. Yeah. And there are a couple of original properties. They have a couple more mazes to announce for this year. Um, uh, so I'm I'm super psyched to find There's out what those Things are. Ones, yeah. Stranger Things is back again this year to do season two and season three. Stranger Things was great last year, um, but it's really some of those those film things that I'm interested. And I'm very interested to see what they're doing with Creepshow. You know, this year is going to be a very strong year. There's no Terror Tram this year. So I think they've put more effort into creating the mazes, which I think is great. So, Scott, either of those appeal to I, you? I mean, I'm, I'm still excited for the Ghostbusters one. That's, that's the one I'm most excited for. Yeah. Um, and another bit of news this week, uh, the Eternals designed Captain Marvel actress Gemma Chan, but possibly in a different role. I liked her in uh, in Captain Marvel, but I don't think they did enough with her. No. I listen. I here's the thing. <laughs> I think the the character Minerva just sounds like an Eternal. Yeah. Not saying that she's going to be playing the same character, but it's. A, I mean, look, Marvel's the MCU's done a great job of changing characters around and and changing their history around. Yeah. And I think that Gemma Chan could play Minerva in in this in the Eternals. I mean, there's nothing saying that she isn't. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Maybe maybe they are just casting her as, as a completely different role. I mean, wouldn't be the first, right? I mean, we got we got uh, Mahershala Ali playing playing Blade, but he also yeah. was a Cottonmouth in the uh, Netflix. That is true. <laughs> that is true. I actually that was the first time I interviewed Mahershala. It was for a movie that he did with Matthew McConaughey, and nobody was particularly excited about him at the time. It was like, oh, he's this you know this kind of new act, new actor, and you know he was just about to go and do uh, that, and it was kind of like, oh, okay, fine. And then all of a sudden, it was like, right. he blew up, and now it's like you. He's the, he's the main one in the junket. He's the main one, and everyone else follows through. Uh, okay, guys, thanks for the chat on that this week. Really appreciate it. A lot of people chatting uh, about the stuff that we've just discussed. Zeno, I was saying Gemma Chan is about to break out. Absolutely. Uh, Kane Egan saying Killer Clans from Outer Space is one uh, that is a great guilty pleasure, bad movie. You've got to love. Absolutely. I was very jealous when Orlando got that maze last year and uh, LA didn't, but finally we're getting it this year. Uh, Dr. Pecker, Creep Show should be the title of the Harvey Weinstein biopic directed by Adam McKay. <laughs> uh, and Den of, no comment. And Den of Heroes. Uh, it's a it's a very unique and different horror experience, Jenna James. Jenna James, obviously talking about uh, uh, Halloween Horror Nights uh, earlier in there. Um, yeah, so we'll see. We, 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 we'll see what happens with that. Super psyched about uh, Halloween Horror Nights this year. Okay, let's talk about box office. Um, a scary Stories to Tell in the Dark uh, is leading this week of all the, the new releases. Thursday, uh, 2.33 in previews from around 2,500 locations. Uh, performance is better than Escape Room and Pet Cemetery, uh, which is cool. Uh, Dora and the Lost City uh, previews 1.25 million on Thursday, which is pretty good. Um, that's ahead of a number of others that came out that are kind of similar things at this time of year. Uh, and then The Art of Racing in the Rain starting its opening weekend with an estimated 450,000 from Thursday night previews. I really thought there'd be more than that. I that would be perhaps a million for Thursday night previews. It's Fox again, which therefore goes to show you. I I literally got nothing on that movie, nothing at all. Um, And then an email to say, would you support it? I know. I don't know what's going on right now. Uh, Box office looking like Lion King potentially going back to the top this week here in the US. Uh, 22.4 million. Then Fast and Furious in second place. Hobbs and Shaw, 22. Strong weekend last weekend, but uh, not as much as I expected. It was kind of about 15 to 20 below kind of where I was expecting Mm. it to land. Um, So we'll see what happens this weekend. Uh, Dora and the Lost City of Gold is probably going to be in third place, 20.5. Scary Stories landing in fourth, 16 million this weekend. Uh, rounding out the top five, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, 11.8. Uh, the Art of Racing in the Kitchen there, sort of 
Uh, six, six, and six and seven in the in the top ten. That's according to Box Office Mojo's uh, predictions for the weekend. Um, very interesting. Couple of movies coming out this weekend. Some which I think are really flying under the radar. Uh, let's start talk about the Peanut Butter Falcon first of all, Scott. You have seen this one. Yes. Um, I've heard a lot of great things about this movie. Um, give us an idea about it, sort of, kind of briefly, really. Okay, so it's about this kid with Down syndrome yeah. who escapes from this hospital and he meets up with Shia LaBeouf's character, who's kind of like this drifter and um, basically he helps him follow his dreams of meeting his wrestling icon Um, Shia LaBeouf I think is on a rebound this year the buff Uh, is back yeah he is back Um, back. and you know he has a movie called Honey Boy that came out at Sundance which is phenomenal and it's going to be opening for this award season and uh, this is just another case where I see that you know it's it's him making his way back, and yeah. it's, it's great performance. Um, but I really love the fact that they actually chose an actor who has Down syndrome to actually play the character of Zach in the movie. And I believe that the gentleman's name in real life is Zach. I don't know his last name. Yeah. But the two of them just have this great pairing, and it's just this really heartfelt and touching story that's not not too cheesy. And uh, just really works. It's a it's a fantastic film. And I'm I glad think things with things like Down syndrome, where it is a physical disability that is a, a genetic disability, it, it is one of those areas where the industry is is forced to, um, yes. to to hire someone who does have that condition, uh, rather than you know we see this a lot in Hollywood where it's like we can just put a regular actor in a in a wheelchair um, and get them to play someone who's in a wheelchair or or whatever. We did um, have I am Sam. I am oh, Sam is yes. a really good example, actually, where, <laughs> where Hollywood didn't. And it, it, I think you you should. I mean, I think wherever. I mean, you also have to make sure that they're good enough for the job. Yeah, so you have to. Sure. That has to be a factor. You can't have someone who isn't good enough for the job. So this guy has obviously excelled in both of those um, sort of you know requirements, um, fitting the casting requirement, but also being able to do it. But yeah, I mean, I remember when I am Sam came out and yeah. there was a controversy, and then still to this year, there's a lot of controversy over that. But it's good to see Hollywood doing this. Uh, Peanut Butter Falcon is something I do want to check out. Me too. Uh, the Art of Racing in the Rain is another one you've seen, Scott, which you really like by the sounds of it. Yes, um, it's a, it's a family-friendly yep. film. Um, like The Good Boys. Like The Good Boys, very much so. <laughs> the same movie, actually. There are going to be a yeah. lot of parents who are going to take kids to see The Good Boys. <laughs> and I, I'm seeing it on Monday, but I'm guessing it's really not a family uh, no. movie. No. Um, <laughs> but The Art of Racing in the Rain is uh, another film that, unfortunately, I think is going to suffer from the whole Fox-Disney merger. Yeah. Um, it stars... Um, uh, Amanda Seyfried and my my guy Milo, Milo from This Is Us yep. and um, Milo Ventimiglia. Yeah, he's he's just so great. Bless you. And uh, <laughs> and it, it's 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 an interesting film because it's being marketed as like this talking dog movie, but it's really a lot more than that. I feel it, it, it deals a lot with someone who has a dream and basically having to deal with stuff that happens in life. Yeah, and a lot of the things that happen in this film are very sad and depressing. But to see them in a family film, you know, it's kind of realistic. And it's something that a parent who takes their kids to see this, there's going to be a discussion that's going to happen after this movie. And I think that's what's important about it. Right. Okay. I think that's really cool. That that sounds like it's something that's definitely worth checking out. Uh, We were talking about um, people getting taster screenings at the moment. Uh, Den of Heroes saying, I saw a preview of a John Cena uh, firefighter film and almost (laughs) barfed in my mouth. Genuinely, I saw a standee for that. I think it was at the AMC Century City. And I was like, I didn't didn't know if it was a real movie because it looks like is this uh, have someone it's found a, a standee a from like 1993? Nickelodeon production, right? And I thought I thought it was a Nickelodeon movie, like coming out on Nickelodeon. Like, yeah, I did, no joke. And then and then I saw, I was like, what? This is like a this is like a real it's film a real that's thing coming out. Wow. This, is, this is this. This got green. How interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's Paramount also, baby. <laughs> Paramount. It's a good year to be Paramount. Uh, when they've got great movies like Rocket Man that just not enough people saw. <laughs> My Blu-ray turned up yesterday for Rocket Man. I'm so fucking happy about that. Yeah. Uh, okay, we've got seven minutes left on the show. I haven't seen Dora. I had to. I went to a, a, a gig this week, so I wasn't able to make the screening. Dora and the Lost City of Gold is getting better buzz than I kind of expected I, this I movie liked it. to get. Yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun. Did you see it? Yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's it's it, it reminds me a lot of like uh like some of the movies we're talking about movies, Nickelodeon right? movies yeah right. um and I like that really it's Dora exploring high school for a lot of the movies so. It, it, it's just, it's just a fun concept, and, and there's elements of Indiana Jones or like uh, 
national treasure or some mm. of these films, but it is fun. You know what I think was, what's interesting about it, and a lot of people have been commenting, I, I tweeted something out about this a couple of days ago, and I said that this is almost like a game changer for... Uh, little girls, and actually, yep. and, I, and I, I know this is maybe this is not the right term, but like children of color. You know, there's mm-hmm. very few movies where you get to see a Hispanic lead, and that girls can actually watch that and relate to. Yeah, and I feel like this is this really is important for this movie to succeed on that level. Yeah, because. Most the entire cast is Hispanic, right? Minus Most, like two people, yeah, minus like two kids. Even, even, yeah, right. Even some of the voices for what? Even I, the monkey is Danny Trejo, right? Danny yeah. Trejo, yeah. and then and then uh, and then Swiper the fox oh, is yeah. is uh, is Benicio del Toro, right? So I mean, the the cast is stacked, yeah, and, and the film's not bad. Um, and I and I really do. And people should really go see it. I mean, and they don't shy away from from the the Latino culture whatsoever, no. which yeah. is great. And and it just so naturally works in the film. Well, that, I think that's the key is is that it naturally because then people who would have a problem with this potentially don't really have much of a beef because it's not shoehorned. It feels natural, and, and it's, it's and it's also self aware, which yep, I think is yeah. another thing which great. is cool. It's kind of like it reminded me in some ways of like the Brady Bunch movies, right? Right, exactly right. right where they were very much they like, they know how cheesy this. idea idea was yeah. so they just mock it i mean it's the it's the director of the muppets yeah like i mean it, yeah it's, james bobbin it, yeah he's which i didn't great. realize this was him until i read it. i was like is it it's he's he, i mean I, I thought he did a great job with this awesome one. uh the kitchen is a movie that's out this week uh, i'm amazed it's in theaters i'll be honest <laughs> with you uh one of the movies that this year it looks amazing and the soundtrack is fantastic and it sounds great but this movie is so i heard it was better when it was called widows <laughs> It's basically it's basically widows, but not as good. And at no point do you feel there are any real stakes. There, there's one moment where it peaks, and then they go, "Oh, okay, this is oh, no, that's it." That back to back to being. It's so dull. It is so monotone. It is so. Those women are great potentially, right. and they put in great performances, but the movie is so fucking beige and bland. Uh, Tiffany Haddish, you would say? I thought put, she was... I really liked her in this. Really? I, I liked her doing more serious. I could tell that she was on the brink of wanting <laughs> to break out and do sass. I felt like... like well, that's what I'm just telling you. The entire you could time, tell, I like, just felt like she was like... Tiff, mm-hmm. don't... Like, I just like... Yeah, <laughs> she, was, she was seriously... She was this far away really? from breaking out the sass. And I'm like... I, I'm glad she didn't. I liked her in this. I want to see more dramatic stuff from her. How about Margot Mar- uh, Martindale, right? Yeah, Margot oh Martindale. Oh, my God. No. God how what a terrible. fucking pointless character. Yeah. Terribly done. She was almost <laughs> like you're about to break out and do this, you know, kind of almost pastiche of this style of character. Wow, horribly, was, horribly, horribly handled. And I was so disappointed that I didn't get to do the chugging. Now, now I might think of my lucky Dude, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a really. I'm confused about how anybody thought that this final result was what they were aiming for, and they didn't just go back to the drawing board and completely... It's so dull. And for a movie that's so strong on... You know, feminism. Yeah, it's like a slap in the face. Dude, there's wow. so much here they could have really played yeah. with, but they don't. This is a movie that I've seen mo- more people go for toilet breaks during than any wow. other movie I've seen this year. People didn't mind leaving the movie theater because they knew that pretty much nothing was going <laughs> to fucking happen. It is such a wasted opportunity. It genuinely is. I was just at the end. I was like that. I feel quite offended. It was 90 minutes, give or take. And it feels like it's two and a half hours awesome. long. Tell me how you really G- feel. Genuinely, I was twitchy. I kept shifting in my seat. At one point, it's I almost nodded yeah. off. It, seriously, I was so disappointed Did, did you this have movie. people laughing in your theater where you couldn't yeah. tell whether or not they were laughing at the movie or at the movie? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. It was, it yeah. was, it was weird. <laughs> it was it's really, so dude, bizarre. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, also out this weekend, uh, I, I just can't recommend that people pay to see The Kitchen. I'd be pissed if I paid $17 <laughs> to see that. Me too. I'd be really pissed. Um, it just such a disappointment. Uh, sorry, Warner Brothers. I yeah. mean, I, I had to beg them to get to the screening, you know, because I wanted to see this movie. And, you know, I kind of, now I know why you're not really showing this around a lot. It was in the <laughs> screening was like, oh, full. I think a lot of people were seeing 47 meters down, but that was an early screening. Uh, okay, scary stories to tell in the dark. We've got a couple of minutes left on the show. Uh, guys, tell me what you thought of this one. I'm seeing really mixed stuff on this. I some people seen it. loved it, and some people are like, this is dog shit. So, Scott, your, your you thoughts on this? It? No. 
Dude, I saw more movies than you this week. I think that's, so. That's, that's crazy. That's, or, or, or maybe just weird. Netflix occupied my time. It's, I was going to say, you got to spend some time with Marlon <laughs> Wayans instead. <laughs> Again, we're really sorry about that. Um, that movie's coming to Netflix. Uh, no fucking surprise. Yeah, uh, and no stories. one's going to see it. Um, you know, we, I had a conversation with a friend yesterday when mm. I was at the 47 meters down screening. Um, Guillermo has become this guy like Quentin Tarantino and James Wan where, like, they put their name on these movies where, like, presents, presents. Eli Roth and, does that and a lot, Eli so. Roth. Yeah. And, and I always feel like they're lesser films. Yeah. And, um, you know, I love this book series. This this was by far my favorite book series growing up. Yeah. And I wanted to do, I wanted to see this movie as an, an anthology series or, as he spoke about earlier, about being, like, a Netflix series, something like that. Yeah. I think that would have made this incredible because the creatures are great it's that central story physical effects the physical effects are yep. great but the story is crap the 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 performances are mediocre at best that's and, really so disappointing. It's, it's an it's a very average movie and my struggle is that i don't know where this fits in a world where we have a movie like goosebumps mm-hmm. and like house of, with clock the clock on the walls or whatever the heck that's called and it. Like, yeah. I don't know where that fits in between there. Yeah. Or if it even fits in between there. Oh, interesting. I know some people have come out and they've been absolutely raving about that movie, but I'm seeing more things that are negative. I'm probably going to check it out if I have time over it's the fine. next week. It's it's but a matinee. But fine isn't good wait. enough right no, now in no, the movie theaters. And August is is a bust for me so far. Yes. Uh, okay, um, Mariko True uh, heard awful things about The Kitchen, uh, but it has such good actors, yet yeah, a guessing they forgot about employing writers. Well, actually, the film is directed by someone who was a great writer. Yes. And this just is like, some people can do two things, and this is not their strong point. <laughs> but even the script in this is not great. I'm so, so sorry for this movie. Um, Jenna Heroes, I would love to see America Chavez on the big screen. Uh, Jenna James, yes. Uh, Goldman Vision, Kitchen Ain't Bitchin', that's a bummer. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, and Kamei Egan, I guess you could say shit or get out of the kitchen. I would just say, you know, if you can't stand the heat, watch the heat. <laughs> because it's better than the kitchen. Uh, guys, thank you so much for being on the show this week. Scott Menzel, who are you? Where can we find you? Thank you so much for having me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the other Scott M or go to WeLiveEntertainment.com. Joe, welcome back. Who are you? Where can we find you? Yo, you can find me at that hashtag Joe on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Screen Rant, and that hashtag. Fantastic. Need to let you go because you've got to head straight to a junket. So thank you so much for that. My name is Simon Thompson at Show with Simon on Instagram and Twitter. There's a Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. You can see my work uh, everywhere, but I have a lot of stuff coming up on Forbes. Uh, as well at the moment. Thank you so much for watching the show. We really appreciate it. Without you, there is no show, so thank you for tuning in. If you like, subscribe, leave comments below. We really appreciate that. Tell everybody you like about the show. If you listen to us on Apple or Podcast, make sure that you leave a review. I really appreciate that. Uh, because you, we are here, and we'll be back again next week. Thank you so much. Uh, watch a movie, but I honestly can't say this weekend. The Kitchen is the one to go and see. <laughs> and follow us on Twitter, at Meet Movie Press. We will see you here next week. Thanks so much. Producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.